0: Welcome back everybody to the Dudes and Drinks podcast. This time we're moving back to the world building scene. We're gonna talk a little bit more about a practical application of world building, an intro scenario to a campaign or a one shot or something along those lines. Whatever you want to use it for, we're making it
1: And uh before we talk about that, let's uh talk about what we're drinking tonight. Brad, do you wanna go first?
0: Yeah got the alcohol this time got a blue moon nice
2: favorite tyler just drinking water don't feel really too hot right now healthy boy water it is
1: i heard the whenever brad mentioned the fucking blue moon
2: (laughs) i do not like orange you don't like orange blue moon is not my taste no Dude, I've, I I've tried like, drinking a blue moon I've got like three quarters of the way through the can and it just got more intense towards the bottom and I was like nah
1: I love oranges <laughs> but I actually don't think I've ever had a blue moon so
2: yeah imagine I'll, a I'll bring a bunch next time for- imagine <laughs> a yingling <laughs> but with an orange in it literally like like you squeeze an orange and do like a, like a yingling interesting so
1: I don't know how I feel about that
2: it's very important to me
1: gotcha well I am also not drinking alcohol tonight <laughs> I'm actually having a uh, peace tea right now I'm drinking the uh, razzleberry one and honestly I really like it I just sorry my dog is being weird and she fell off a chair anyway um yeah I really like the razzleberry. But I also have the uh, Just Peachy on standby for when I finish the Rattleberry because I kind of chug these pretty quickly. But, uh, yeah. So, um, Armburg, Armburg, Armburg. So, like you said, Brad, we're doing a uh, kind of intro to Armburg, or intro to a campaign or one-shot or just the city itself, right?
0: Yeah, so the goal that I have in my mind is how do we translate all the information that we've been talking about in the last couple episodes into the mind of the characters, right? Uh, whether the character, you know, comes in in the middle of a campaign to, like, the next city that they come to, uh, or you start a campaign in Orenburg or near Orenburg, how do I tell the players and the characters about the thing that we created, Right. So, there's going to be a lot of, like, I guess, like descriptions and like practical happenings that we're going to talk about uh, just because I feel like that's the best way to to approach that info, right? And we've briefly talked in a previous episode about, you know, like certain like events that we want to happen eventually, right? Um, Now, we kind of briefly mentioned a little bit earlier that we want to talk more about like the canon world setting, uh, before it becomes, you know, like a player-driven campaign, right? So with zero player interaction, this is kind of what's going to happen, right? We're going to assume that this sequence of events happens, uh, and the players can then alter that based off the DM's discretion, right? But if you were to fast forward 10 years in the future, this is what would happen, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Uh, just to give you that, like, inspiration about here's a direction to take it. Feel free to branch off of it, change things you don't like, improve upon things that you do like. You know, that's that's the fun of being a DM. You get to, you get to play around with the story in that way. Uh, but this is just going to be our take on it. So uh, just keep that in mind.
1: All right. So... How do you want to do this, Brad? I know in the past episodes we talked about kind of different scenarios that the players or the DMs can have whenever they first encounter the uh, this gold-driven city of Ardenburg. They uh, we threw out the idea of walking in on the uh, Gideon's funeral or walking in on his wife Guinevere's funeral, um, or even walking in on one of the uh, Uh, what's the term I'm looking for? One of the uh, special days of Arnhemberg, both uh, alms, alms, Oh shit, I cannot talk today. Both alms day and um, I forget what the other one was.
0: Oh, we got it written down. Day of the Dawn. And Gideon's day, Gideon's birthday. Gideon's day. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, so the two special days uh Alms Day and uh Gideon's day. Um mm-hmm. And so, which which uh which one of those scenarios do you want to focus on today?
0: So, I I think I think it'd be most fun uh, to start on either the day Gideon dies um or uh maybe just Gideon's day, his birthday, more happy time, you know? Okay, and then and then you know, hit him dying would be a plot point happening a little bit more down the road once the players get more acquainted with some of the key players and can make better decisions.
1: Okay, so there's, huh. okay, so on this particular Gideon's day, is it before or after his wife died? Because uh... that's gonna set up kind of the transition because if we do it before his wife dies, That would allow the players to see the transition of Gideon going through of being there, having his wife, losing his wife, and his slow descent into whatever he descends into.
0: Yeah. But I could also see an argument for after his wife dies. Because if you focus on after his wife dies, you're gonna have one significant death in like the campaign story.
1: Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Which
0: if you have two, it's just gonna kinda take away from the second one, you know?
1: yeah yeah but we can see the, the thing is though with older people who have been together for a long time because um, this happened to my grandparents on my dad's side whenever one of them passes away shortly after like within months the other one sometimes passes away just because they mm-hmm. had such a strong connection um
0: so maybe this time period could be within that like couple month period
1: yeah so you still yeah.
0: have gideon grieving the the loss of his wife you can learn about the wife's character, Guinevere. You can learn about her character through, through like you know, the memories of the others, right? Yeah. Uh, While well, you still learn about like like the changing of Gideon, and then of course you know that leads into you know Gideon's death, uh, which will be a little bit more of a significant campaign event.
1: Hmm. So we want them to come in on Alms Day and oh sorry on Gideon's Day and not on. Um... The funeral procession, procession.
0: Yeah, I think that's life. what I'm leaning towards.
1: At the okay. Moment. All right, and like I said, we can explore the other option um, later on down the line as a uh, mm-hmm. another um, welcome to Armburg plot point or story. I don't know what the term I'm looking for, but anyway, um,
0: so the Gideon's Day celebration. Uh, this will be the first one that the party presumably encounters. Uh, whether they're, you know, just been in the city for a couple days, or they literally walk into the city while it's happening, right? Um, what is like the very first thing that they see? They're probably entering the city through like the lower class district, uh, so they might have like a different perception of what's actually going on. Uh, do keep in mind that at this point, Gideon is pretty old. Uh, Like really fucking old Like on his deathbed kind of old So the energy that he might be giving off Might be really like Weak and sad and a little bit like Sickly and gross even Um, So I think that's something to keep in mind Where there's not a whole lot of Energy being presented right He isn't He is like notably the driving force Behind this celebration right It is his day his birthday He started it he wanted it right But if he doesn't really have that, like, energy to withhold that motivation, how does that reflect on everybody else?
1: On the lower class of the people, um, I don't think it'll have as much of an impact. Um, But on the higher classes, in the higher, like, parts of society within the city, um, specifically almost the people who are, throwing, like, and actually organizing and running the actual procession itself, I think they're the ones that are going to be the most affected, because they know the state of mind he's in, and so they're going to be trying their damn best to make sure that this is a goddamn good Gideon's Day. And I I just think it'd be interesting to see like, from a player's perspective, seeing just everybody, like, happy, having fun, um, but then The players with like a high enough perception or whatever can notice these other individuals and less and a small amount but people who are just panicked and look like they are not enjoying what they're doing and that's because they're running this shit and they know that then they can the the people who are running it can see gideon's kind of like not being into it and so they're fearing for their heads not literally but they're they're like I said, kind of panic-stricken, if okay, that makes So just sense.
0: to clarify real quick, what do the average people perceive it to be? Are they enjoying it? Are they not enjoying it?
1: Uh, the average people, I would say, yeah, um, for the most part, just because it is like like, kind of a yeah,
0: like, – Yeah, what? Yeah, they're enjoying it?
1: Yeah, they're enjoying it. Like the, aver- the average person, they're enjoying it is what I would think if you have a different perception or perspective. Um.
2: Did we come to the conclusion that no matter what class you're in, everybody likes the family, or do we come to the conclusion that that like only the higher middle class like the family and the lower class doesn't?
0: I think it was just like the higher middle class like it. Everybody else is not a super fan. Okay.
2: Well. Well. Then. Well. Then the first thing the players I would assume would walk into would be absolutely would be just a normal day in Armburg.
1: <laughs> well. I, yeah, I guess because Alms Alms Day is the day that impacts the poor and this isn't Alm's day, this is Gideon's day so yeah, I actually would agree that like the player's perspective then would be like they see some like, if they've been to Armberg before, or just they, they coming in initially, they'll notice that there's some sort of decorations but the lower class of people don't really seem to be celebrating whatever those decorations are for, they're just going about their daily lives, doing their normal work and stuff like that yeah. Is that kind of what you mean, Tyler? Yeah. Gotcha.
0: So one of the things that I was thinking about, um, maybe seeing that it's end, like near the end of you know Gideon's life, uh, they might start to have the thought that, like, hey, maybe this is one of the last Gideon's days. You know, maybe we don't actually have to deal with this crap much longer. And for that reason, maybe they actually are getting into it a little bit. Because you're... Yeah. Less of, like, a celebrating his life, but more, like, celebrating the soon-to-be end of him, you know? So, they kind of, like, humor him and have, like, a good time, knowing that they're not going to have to deal with that shit anymore, you know? So, you can kind of take it from, like, that, like, cynical approach, and I think that might be a little bit more interesting, because, like, at first glance, it looks like everybody's having a great time, but once they learn a little bit more, they realize that it's, like, a little bit, like, twisted and kind of, like, you know, maybe not as, as, like, happy as it might seem.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: But I I still agree with the idea that, like, the common poor still fucking hate them, you know?
2: Yeah, I like that. Okay. So, um... Uh, so how would the players learn of knowledge about Gideon? Excuse me. Or, um, the day itself? Um, Like, because, like, all the players see is a massive celebration. Would they ask around the town? Would there be... Would maybe, like, like the procession be throwing out flyers? Like, talking about
1: Gideon? I feel like this would be kind of um, up to the players and then, therefore, up to the DM. Like, so if the players just kind of come in and um, ask, then obviously that's how, that's how they're going to get the information. And the DM should be able to provide... And role play, and just give some of that information out. Just like, oh, it's Gideon's day; we're celebrating the founder's birthday. Um, yeah, and
2: but whatnot. I mean, like, I mean, like, I think that'd be the safest way to introduce it.
1: And if but, the players but, don't ask, though, they can get it from conversations of passerby's and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't well, know what are you oh, thinking.
2: Yeah. I, I'm thinking like. I'm thinking like like what would actually be happening on this like what what would be happening in terms of celebratory events? So like like what would they have going around the street? Would they have a festival somewhere like a primary festival location with like a bunch of like games and stuff, or would there be like a moving procession for uh, for Gideon throughout the town? Like I was thinking like like what if the players walk in and then they find they find. Uh, People like celebrating like loosely like celebrating the death like his his soon to be death loosely like like privately almost, but then they 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 just see the floor like like the floor of the slums just covered in flyers, and then like 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 wagon tracks going like you know, like up the road with flyers following it. Yeah, I do like that idea
0: of like private parties having like under the table type celebrations uh, that the party could you know easily stumble their way into you know.
2: Yeah, like, 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 like a bar is booming, but nothing around the bar is booming. Yeah, you just go in you're like, why the fuck does bar is booming? And then everyone's like, Gideon's almost dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of. And and I actually kind of want to do a, a combination of the two. So one, I think there should be a procession of like with the um, Gideon kind of going through the city and stuff like that. Um, procession
0: or parade? Parade. I, I, I think a parade like procession is't that
2: like usually like a funeral thing yeah a fu- funeral procession it. would be like the would, would be
1: like you know but like, not a like funeral procession. i think procession I, maybe okay maybe maybe like a parade almost then you said like parade. Parade. but for a parade. um but, but then the i think there should it, also be parade. kind of like a centralized location like in the middle district where the celebratory stuff's going on
2: yeah sure where where you just have like uh, like a bunch of, I can imagine just like a bunch of like like actors and plays happening, like uh, reliving Gideon finding the river and the gold, and you know, what I mean like 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 hammering the first like post into the ground and stuff yeah. like that. I think that would be cool.
1: Yeah, so sure. I, I think like like I said, a lot of that would be happening in the panning district, and like yeah. you said, in the slums, that'll be more of the low key kind of like. Hey, we're partying, but we're not doing any of the other festivities because we yeah. don't want to and that's not what we're yeah. celebrating. <laughs> Ooh. Good
2: good example of like the of like the, the like of what the players can find out with like the main festival area reminds me of Shrek. <laughs> you remember Shrek one whenever they go to the castle for the first time and then yeah. they it's completely empty. Like, or, like, the outside of the castle is completely empty, and then they find that box, and they push the button, and in, everybody inside, and, like, like, the little dolls start singing. Yes, And yes. stuff. Like, because, yeah. like, Shrek learned a lot of information from that box. So imagine that box would blown up to an entire festival with a bunch of, like, actors, and like, like if, the char- if the characters walk around, then they, they, they literally pick up the entire, the entire history of Arenberg blown up just through these actors on stage.
1: Absolutely. And I, I, I like that. And not all of it because I feel like some of it the players should also kind of like, Oh yeah, hunt but it like, out. But, but, but yeah, like the main the main like, like, like important yeah. stuff. Like Gideon there. Gold Town. Yeah. That's pretty much
2: that's pretty much what they're going to pick up on.
1: All right, yeah, I like that. So, so the players yeah, come in directly yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. go
2: ahead.
1: Like yeah, no, you're good. Okay. So the players come in, they coming through the slums. They see that it's kind of like almost a normal day, except uh, like you said, a few of the, like the bars in the lower district are booming. Um, seems to be some private parties going on, but other than that, it just seems like a normal day for the most part. And then as they progress into the the uh, the panning district, then they see a lot more celebratory stuff. They see the um, like you said, the different plays and the bards putting on the uh, um. Shows and a lot of them explaining some of them, one of them, some of them explain the history and stuff like that, and other festivities going on. And then, um, closer to the Gideon's Rise district, I think, is where they would be. Um, and for those of you who uh, either haven't seen the episode where we talked about this or have forgotten, Gideon's Rise is the district that is for the elite and the rich, and it's on the kind of a cliff spire almost um in the center of town not center of town the off center but anyway um and then getting close the closer to gideon's rise i think is where we would actually have gideon and the arm family themselves kind of situated and um there i guess for lack of a better term um and that's where uh, the players can not interact with them directly just because the family will still be guarded, but see them in person for the first time and gather some information um, that way, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, okay. So let's start uh, noting down a couple like notice or, um, notable events, right? So we kind of have a parade. Uh, when I say events, I almost mean encounters, you know?
2: Part, uh, yeah, the part of the like social
0: encounters so you and we, like can we, parade type celebration or procession or
1: whatever Anthony. I, I was going to say yeah we can come up with like you said encounters and come up with multiple and then uh, just make uh, random encounter tables for the DM to roll on as the players come in or the DM could just choose from those as the players advance to the town and just have one for each district
0: uh, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer maybe like explicitly More. listing out the encounters okay, and then just leave it up to the DM to choose what fits where, you know?
1: All right, that's fine. Uh,
0: I'm not a big fan of like random tables and shit.
1: I, I'm, I'm not either. I just I never use them.
0: So whenever I say encounter, I also don't mean combat. I mean yeah, yeah, social yeah. encounters because this is definitely a social encounter uh, type situation as compared to combat encounters.
1: Yep, unless the players decide to... Uh, Go murder Hobo and kill people. Then it'll be combat, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would envision this to be at a low level, and if they start causing problems at a low level, they'll probably just get killed. Uh, there's guards way too get, many gu- people around yeah. for them to not get killed. Yeah. Guards will fuck on them. Yeah. So, uh, first big encounter I see is kind of a parade, right? The scene that I envision in my head is uh, Gideon himself being escorted by some of his you know loyal servant guards or whatever, Uh, through the streets of like the poor district and he's old and decrepit uh and he kind of looks like he's having like this like really senile good time you know like he doesn't really understand what's happening but he's having a blast i Um,
1: don't like the senile part of it i think that the old and decrepit's fine but i kind of want him to keep his wits about him as he even as he ages uh, what do you think
0: about like a king boomy from avatar type thing where he seems pretty senile, but he's actually, you know, pretty good, he's just not very good at, like, expressing it, you know, or he's hmm. kind of weird about it.
1: I don't know, I, I just envisioned him, especially with the way that his children have turned out that we talked about in the previous episodes, I feel like he's more of a serious man, kind of like, uh, like Larry alluded to it the uh, previous episode, we talked about this, uh, Lord Tywin from Game of Thrones. Kind I don't know anything about that. Okay. Um,
2: like, how would, how would it make sense if he was more serious about this, but he's the one that wanted to have a day dedicated to him?
1: I, I guess let not, I, I wouldn't say more serious. I just would say not senile. Like, he appeared to be enjoying it, but I feel like the weight of his wife's death is still very apparent on his face almost is what I'm trying to formulate into words.
2: <laughs> Got it.
0: Okay, so maybe he's a little bit less joyous about it, but he's still, you know, wanting to like show off himself, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a better way of putting
0: it. Do we do we think he's like excited or sad or like what 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 kind of like facial expression emotion might he be showing?
1: Um kind of like I don't know. I'll think about it. Tyler, do you have an opinion?
2: Oh, what, facial expression.
1: Yeah, for uh, Gideon. Um.
2: What if we were to say fake? Like, what? What? What if he was like, what if he was trying his hardest to look like he was having a great time and appreciating everybody's like appraisal of him, but then he like you 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 can catch him sometimes glancing over at the empty chair next to him
1: yes i love that and so the players with like a high enough perception or insight check can pick up on that yeah oh yeah, i I'm I,
2: that.
1: I really like that actually so
2: like it's like 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 it's like it it's like whenever you're like out with friends and then you get that you get that moment of like like of, of, of just like, like like i really don't want to be out anymore i kind of just want to be home right mm-hmm. yeah. where where you're just kind of sitting there in the middle of a bar and you're you're just like you're 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 like smiling and stuff to all your friends whenever they're like looking at you and you're like you're like kind of like have you're trying to have a good time but then you're you're literally just like man I just kind of want to be home right
1: now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of like yeah, that
2: I, I think that's
0: an awesome expression or awesome you know feeling or whatever to try to express
2: yeah it's kind of like that
0: okay yeah or, let's roll with that
2: yeah. yeah. so,
0: all right there's clearly something missing with him uh he's definitely longing for you know maybe his wife or something uh. He's maybe a little bit uncertain. He knows his time's coming as well. Uh, and he, he he just can't truly appreciate the festivities. Uh, however, he still tries to make that appearance, uh, yes. you know, for the sake of, you know, his loyal supporters, quote, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, awesome. I love, 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 love that. So what else is happening at this parade? Um, I feel like most of the citizens are somewhere in between... Uh, celebrating his inevitable death and totally ambivalent right Um, but I feel like there are some people maybe in between Uh, perhaps that could be some like notable people right if I like describe a crowd of people uh, which which NPCs I guess are my players going to gravitate towards you
1: Um, could have
0: some cheering folk you could have some people just kind of like brooding on the sidelines like what what are some notable like archetype people that we could talk about here
1: so i think like you said there should be three distinct at least in the slums there should be three distinct kind of archetypes kind of like what you said one brooding kind of like not enjoying it one like you said that is um celebrating it but celebrating his soon his coming demise and then also um some people who genuinely are celebrating him because they believe in him, the city, and the Golden Dawn Church. I feel like we should have at least some of those kind of fanatics in those slums that are looking up. Not, I wouldn't say fanatics, but people who are more oblivious is the better term and okay. are looking up to him and still, and still worshiping it. Um, yeah. The, the people who are cel- – the both groups that are celebrating – should look one and the same at first glance, but again, if the players look into it a bit more or um, try and do some deductions on their own, they can kind of tell that there is a split between the celebrators. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, like notable specific NPCs, the, the players should definitely take note of the children that are also going to be in the procession. Parade. Parade. Whatever the fuck we're going to call it. Yeah.
0: Okay, so we have the genuine supporters who... Uh, you kind of mentioned this. Uh, they're probably people who are more in line with the Golden Dawn. Kind of, you know, bought into the propaganda, in a sense. Um, you also have the people who are celebrating that he, he's going to die soon. Um, I feel like maybe there's some overlap between that and the people at the bar. Which we'll talk about next. Uh, and then there's the people who don't really give a shit. Right? Right. Okay, yes. so that, that's, some, that's some pretty good three personality types to describe. Um, and I really like kind of thinking in terms of, like, personality types because certain players, I find, respond better to certain personality types, right? Um, a little personal example. Me, whenever I'm playing, like me, Brad, um, I have a really, really hard time talking to, like, dark, edgy, brooding characters because I have a really hard time getting the information that i want to know out of them right um i have a much easier time role playing with exuberant happy characters and more just kind of like neutral sideline characters you know yeah um and i know i'm like that's my personal preference plenty of people have different personal preference lots of people i know love the brooding characters but that's just not me so i like to include you know numerous different types of people uh, to get the same information, you know. I'm 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 so mm-hmm.
1: sad that you missed out on, uh, Cole the kobold in my campaign.
0: <laughs> Sounds like one of those wacky characters, huh?
1: Yep. Yeah. the The party uh on an adventure into the orb. That was, that was something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he was a little kobold that ran a magic shop in uh, Mindamoya before. They, uh, left and found you in the water, but anyway, um, but yeah, no, I, I I totally get that. Like I thoroughly thoroughly, that's not a word. I thoroughly enjoy playing kind of like these very energetic characters, but at the same time I find myself not playing those characters at the same time and it might have be because of some like deep psychological issues that I have, but anyway, (laughs) um, uh, But no, I I totally get that, and um, I think having those, kind of like you said, those three different dynamics for the players to kind of latch onto and kind of get information from, I think is really good.
0: Yeah, and I feel like there's a good opportunity here to kind of tie it into the next segment. Uh, You have these, like, uh, really happy, like, hell yeah, he's gone type supporters. I feel like maybe they could tie it into, like, the bar celebrations, either... Like, invite the party to the bar, say, Hey, you know, yeah, we're going to be celebrating a little bit later if you meet me at, you know, Insert Tavern here, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or they could kind of, you know, give you the next plot hook, in a sense. Um, The genuine supporters, their next plot hook might be, Hey, let's go to the temple. We can learn a little bit more about the city. We can learn a little bit more about the family, you know? Let me tell you about our god or something, right?
1: Either Um, that, or I'd feel like the next step for them would be like... Hey, let's go to the let's go up to the panning district. Let's go to the town square or the district square and join the celebrations there. And um, that'll bring the players to the celebratory area where we have the bards and the different events and vendors and all the fucking like uh, fairground type stuff that you see. Sure, um, the bigger party. Yep, yeah, the bigger party. Well, the the medium party. And whereas okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that can bring the party eventually to the bigger celebratory party, which is going to be at the edge of the banding, the panning district in Gideon's rise where, um, the RM family are actually going to be located. And that's where kind of like the big events going to be or the, all the big happenings. Um, but I
0: feel like you might need a little bit of like a, uh, a little bit more work, um, to get into that type of party, you know? Um, maybe you need to use some, you know, strategic, you know, charisma checks or whatever to get special connections that allow you to get there. So I feel like that could be like, kind of like the, the next steps after this, like the third step of this adventure, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that the, uh, that party will be for the kind of more elite people that are in the paint, like not elite, but the, the more renowned people in the painting district. And then everyone in Gideon's Rise is allowed there, whereas no one from the slums is allowed at that party, but they're allowed at the one in the Painting District Center, the town center there. Um, Okay, yeah. Uh, So we're kind of hitting all the districts here, but what about the Gilded Pools? What's going to be going on there during Gideon's Day? Is it going to be completely empty? Are there going to be Golden Dawn worshippers there? Or are there, like, how are we going to work that in? Because I know, like you said um the more kind of like zealots and the people who are very um oblivious to everything that's going on or the worshipers of the golden dawn you said they're all kind of like hey let's go check out the temple and stuff like that um yeah so gilded pools what do you think we're gonna be doing there
0: so perhaps uh that could be where maybe like some like religious ceremony or something along those lines could be performed Uh, Perhaps the parade kind of starts up at like the Gilded District and then ends up concluding down at the Gilded Poles uh, where they do some sort of ceremony.
1: I feel Um, like... So if you were to maybe
0: follow the parade, it would lead you down there.
1: Yeah, I feel like it should go both ways. So I think it should... Like you said, as the player kind of comes into town, they see the procession leaving town, going down there. And then I think eventually, obviously, it's gonna to have to happen. But then in another procession where it comes back up from the Gilded Pools and ends at the district between the Gideon's Rise and the Panning District, where the Arm family is gonna end up for the rest of the day during the celebratory stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later that night, uh, the Arm family will retreat back to Gideon's Rise, and they'll have another kind of more private party for just the Elite, um, which the party can also try to get into if they really wish. Sure. Okay, cool. I think that's a really good kind of like first day in Aremberg. Um, what about following up to that? What type of uh, inform not information, what type of uh, leads are the party going to get to follow up on from the first day that's going to lead into the second day or the first night.
0: Yeah, so we're definitely going to need some sort of uh, connection or whatever with the children. Uh, so we have what? Uh, Gareth, uh, Elohim, and Alistar. Uh, we have to kind of factor in them. Yeah. And okay, so the first most important thing is name dropping, right? Putting that name to the face. So, the players know that that's somebody that they need to look out for, right? yeah, I think, so I feel like the easiest way to do that is have them be part of the parade and then have a nearby NPC kind of like point them out.
1: Yeah, okay, I like that. um and then if the players don't hear that or the DM doesn't want to do that do it that way, we can have it so that at like the the event in the uh panning slash Gideon's rise district um. We can, a similar thing would happen or like the children themselves would kind of speak. Um, now we've talked a little bit about how Elowen's going to be um, a uh, warlock with uh, the Pact of the Dragon. And nobody and, knows
0: that yet, by the way.
1: And yeah, no no, no one in the family or the city, no one knows that. Um, but she has a pact with the dragon at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to work that into this day at all, or do we want to leave that for a different event?
0: That entirely depends on what you have in mind.
1: Okay. Um, so, so
0: she doesn't want to blow it until she has a good reason to. Yeah. Um. The 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 thing the, the big reveal in my mind is after Gideon dies, and her and her brother start kind of like fighting for power. Yeah. at that point she might accidentally reveal her, her warlock powers I, 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 I was, wouldn't want to blow it immediately
1: yeah I was I was thinking yeah no I like that actually um, but I, I, I'm still I, I, curious just, what you have in mind I was just thinking the same exact thing except it happened during Gideon's day but I actually like the idea of letting the players kind of get to know her better and get not her specifically because unless the players get close to the family they're not going to get to know her that well Mm -hmm. Um uh, actually no, they might because she kind of keeps doing the her mother's ploy of um going and kind of reaching out to the poor and that type of stuff. So the players could get a chance to kind of get to know her if they interact that way. But um I like the idea of the players getting to know who she is and then kind of dropping that and then maybe throwing a few like the DM could throw in a few little hints here and there about um what she actually is or something like that
0: yeah we kind of talked a little bit about how she like feigns niceness uh to make people think she's like this like super wholesome benevolent soon to be ruler
1: yep uh, even like though mom. she's
0: literally just like lying to their faces trying to get their goodwill on her side yep the the
1: um, whole thing so... she's doing is trying to um get her mother supporters and get bring in that kind of um repertoire
0: Yeah, like, brand herself alongside her, like, well-received mother to hopefully get her goodwill uh, that that she can then use and her vie for power. Um, So it's like, she is genuinely helping the people, but not because she wants to. Because she wants power, and helping the people is a pretty effective way of getting that
1: power. Kind of like how celebrities will uh, get their pictures taken when they're doing charity work and stuff like that. Exactly. It's like, do they genuinely
0: care about the charity? I mean sure I'm sure they're they're pretty happy to help out but like really though it's like branding promotional type stuff you know and that's exactly how I see this you know she she's like literally just like a celebrity so all
1: right
0: so it might be cool uh to have to have her reach out to the party maybe thinking that they're like general citizens Uh, maybe not like during the parade or anything but maybe maybe in like a
1: a few days later scenario
0: yeah Just to kind of tie her in, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe during Gideon's day in the initial greeting, we don't have to worry about her because we have easy tie-ins for her later and she's going to be an important player. Um, Did we agree that the oldest brother was going to be the direct competitor to her vying for power?
1: Yeah, and then the younger one's kind of like not... He he doesn't care and he's kind of more um, focused on himself and not power at all.
0: Yeah, so maybe this is a really good time to work in the youngest brother, Alistar. Because uh, we're probably going to have the hardest time giving him, like, screen time later on.
1: I I, I could think of a few ways to do it, but that's later on. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think relate right now we really should really focus on the transition from the first day to the second day. What leads are they going to have to follow up on and kind of explore? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, as far as leads go... Um, I guess do we so transition? Do we want to talk about the night, like, like eleven midnight, kind of like the earlier hours of the next day, or do we just want to focus sure. on just the next day? Yeah, let's think,
2: let's
0: think about the nighttime real quick. Okay. We don't have to go too much into detail, but um, I feel like the obvious plot hook is they hang out with the party goers and talk to them and learn a little bit, and that 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 leads them into the next day pretty easily. Yeah. Um. If they decide not to hang out with the party goers, maybe they decide to go into like the upper class type area and maybe hang out with them. Uh, we could basically have like a similar situation, but instead of a crazy party, maybe it's a little bit more casual of a party, like a down low party. Yeah. Uh, and that's another thing. Or if they decide to not go with the party goers at all and maybe either like sneak off and do their own thing or maybe they're just not interested in engaging with the party. Uh, you know, they could obviously just go to a tavern. But I feel like it might be cool to have another little side scenario as well.
1: Yeah, and just have the players kind of explore and kind of get to know the city itself. Because I I know whenever you first, like, kind of get into a big city that has kind of this character to it, um, it really draws players in and makes them want to explore and kind of get to know it better. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think... yeah, I do like that. So leading into the next day, um, what specific leads do we want the players to have to kind of for them to do? Do we want them to, um, like, like you said, this could be an introductory or one shot or an introductory to like a campaign. What is going to be the like their main focus this next day?
0: Okay, so let's work backwards um, what stuff do we want to happen I feel like having the players investigate the church is a big one having the players investigate what, what do we call the bottom of the waterfall
1: uh, the gilded shrine? pools uh,
0: investigating the gilded pools is a really good plot hook um, perhaps investigating how to get in with like the higher ups is a good plot hook uh, so maybe doing like some like social interaction connection building uh, with maybe some important people uh, to get up there, that'd be good.
1: All right, cool. Yeah, which um, just
0: requires some name dropping.
1: Yeah, I like that. Um,
0: so what 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 does that look like? Uh, how do we get that information to them? So, so how do they get to the church after the uh, main parade proceeding is over?
1: Well, um there's a few ways the first is like you said before a um excuse me uh, a follower of the golden dawn kind of um not reaching out to them the party talking to a follower and the follower being like hey yeah part of this church we worship uh we have an infinite supply of gold (laughs) and why don't you come check out the our church and kind of like if you want to come by tomorrow and yada 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 I think that's a good good easy way for the DM to kinda of draw the players into the church that they want them to. What's um, going
0: on at the church the next day? So what is like what is a good selling point? Like why would the players choose that option over the other ones? What what does the church have to offer?
1: Well, um I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the the church I feel like was uh something that larry kind of fixated on and i want to yeah but we, we can come up with some just yeah. something real quick you know um we're gonna have it being a the next day um there's a big commotion where either uh gareth uh, the eldest son is making an appearance at the church and um doing some stuff or uh, i'm trying to think or we could have it being a ceremony going on.
0: So we already have, like, the ceremony stuff happening on the first day. So I don't yeah. want to go with another ceremony. But I do like talking to Gareth a little bit.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, this could be, like, Gareth seeing what his sister's doing and kind of, like... Because um, Gareth would obviously see through his sister trying to kind of win over the people by imitating their mother. And okay, Yeah, I feel that, like... that's, an,
0: that's an obvious strategy of hers, yep.
1: And I, other people aren't picking up on it, but he has because he's obviously her sister or her brother. Um, and so I feel like he would start mimicking that, except doing it the other way and taking control of the church instead of the the regular folk. And so he could be making an appearance there to talk to them, to kind of gain their trust and stuff like that from his standpoint. But I am kind of repeating your question back to you, but it's just kind of to kind of brainstorm. but. What would he, so from the DM's perspective and from Gareth's perspective, he's doing it to get control of the church and get a foothold that his sister does not have. What would this be from the players' and the common folks' point of view? What would Gareth be doing there specifically?
0: So, from the players' point of view, uh, Gareth is going to be, like, the first person to really make this vie for power, Right. Uh, And he's, he needs to come across in like a, maybe, maybe we should almost paint him as the bad guy initially. Um, Maybe he's that standard corrupt politician, you know, he does all the politician tactics. He goes to the church to give a speech about something that he doesn't actually believe in, you know, and it might not be super obvious because he's very good at speaking with conviction. But he is just going down the list of, like, important points to get people on his side, right? Yeah. Um, and this contrasts with um, with uh, Elowen, who maybe forms that more, like, grassroots personal connection. Even if, you know, she does have some bad stuff going on on the other side.
1: Yeah, no, I really like that. So he's kind of there making an appearance, talking to the people of the church. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I like that. And so... We can flush that out a bit more, but I really do like that. It's kind of like the uh, focus of the church is him. And then do we want the.
0: Oh, wait, I had a quick little idea. OK, go so ahead. whenever I watch these politicians do speeches, um, um. I always notice something right standing behind them on the TV is a, a, a diverse cast of people um, that is very strategically selected. Right. They intentionally select these people to portray a certain image, right? Um, so, for example, um, a lot of stuff a politician might typically do is have a bunch of like, like you know, like you know, like like down and dirty type workers uh, saying like, "I'm with the working class," "I'm with like the like the the, the everyday grind," you know, and because that's the image that they want to build, right? Yeah. Um. So, what if, um, what if Gareth? Kind of was doing that same strategy. Uh, I just have that image in my head where Gareth is standing there tall in front of like another group of people uh, that he genuinely sees as maybe like lesser than him, right? And he knows he is the star of the show. Uh, And in a sense, he almost kind of like treats them poorly because he knows that. Uh, He's literally just there to gather his support, or at least that's what it might look like, right? And I kind of want to portray that image to the players, even if it's not necessarily true, right? Um, So I feel like I want to present this almost as if he's, like, taking advantage of the church. Uh, He's literally only there to gather the church's support. Uh, So he needs to give some sort of, like, cheesy speech. Uh, Something that, like, it, it, it feels kind of disingenuous, but it's compelling, you know?
1: Yeah, I feel like is he's not trying to get the church, like not the Golden Dawn, like the churches support like the high priests and stuff like that. No. He's trying to get the people, the zealots. He's trying the to get the,
0: the religious people. Yeah, exactly. Using the church as his back. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. And because obviously I feel like the, oh, the church itself, okay, we're getting a little bit into the politics of the actual city some, but so the church itself, right, is... Um, Sorry, Elowin, her kind of um, like the inner politics within the family, within the upper class, Eloin has some clear plans or whatever re- or reasons or dislikes to the church or something that if she gets power, the church will be negatively affected. So the church itself, like the high priest and all that shit is going to be backing Gareth from the get go. And so that's why they're allowing Gareth to have this ability to talk and kind of draw the people in. And then the church itself, if the players sit in on ceremonies or mass or whatever we want to call it, then they can kind of start picking up on that rhetoric. Like, um, for example, churches in certain demographics of like Republican, Democrat and stuff like that, like very high concentrated political areas. Um, will change their rhetoric and um, their messages and their tone to fit with the political majority in that area. And I feel like the Golden Dawn will do a very similar thing where they will kind of change their rhetoric and talk about very specifically like anti-Eloin rhetoric. (laughs) Not explicitly because that would get them into some deep shit, but they would be doing it subtly hmm yeah sorry. i see where you're going with that i, I went off on a tangent there
0: <laughs> no I see, I see where you're going with that um but yeah kinda, so okay.
1: all right, sorry go so ahead so i
0: want to i want to keep that in mind let's keep that in mind real quick okay um taking a step back what is the goal of this first session in my mind i'm seeing it as setting the scene for this inevitable political battle right yeah you have these three really two kids striving for power and the first session really needs to just introduce you to the people and set that stage, saying, like, they know it's coming. Let's get to know people and figure stuff out, right? Yeah. And I feel like having this speech at the church really fucking sells it for Gareth. Like, this this absolutely sets Gareth up, right?
1: Oh, okay. So This, this is his
0: his big speech, you know, this is the introduction to him, you know?
1: so do we want to propose the idea of both so Elowen would probably know that Gareth is doing this on this day just because she would know Um, and so she would be running a counter op for lack of a better term within the city itself um, doing her thing and so we could either give it so that the players have an option to go to one or the other or the players run into both somehow
0: Okay, so here here's a quick little thought on that. Um, maybe uh, as long as Gideon is still alive, we're gonna have civility uh, between you know the the Gareth and Elwyn, right? Yeah, there'll be but passive aggressiveness Gideon going dies, back and forth. What was that, sir?
1: Uh, oh, sorry. I was just saying that there's gonna be passive aggressiveness going back and forth, and like some obvious like tension between the two, and they're kind of both vying for the power. But then, like you said, continue. And
0: then yeah, so I'm thinking things are pretty civil as long as um as long as Gideon is alive. But as soon as he dies, then things start to pick up and get a little bit more like dirty and political, you know? So I'm not necessarily sure I want to introduce too much conflict between the brother and sister just yet.
1: Gotcha. Because I
0: think it would have more impact if we introduced it a little bit later. You know, kinda show that development, like, how does the death of Gideon inevitably affect the kids, right? And I feel like yeah, you know, Alistar, the youngest kid, he'll be like the more like reasonable emotional side. And he'll be like, Oh man, my dad's dead, I feel real bad, you know, I don't know what to do from here, I just want the best for everybody. Whereas the other uh, two, but then the immediately... two kids are gonna take full advantage of it and they're gonna be like they're gonna be like begging for sympathy of the people. They're gonna be like doing more dirty tricks that, you know, previously they felt ashamed for, you know, think think doing things that their father might not necessarily fully approve of. No, to win, you know? Like, it gets, like, dirty as soon as he dies, you know?
1: So, here's the thing. Um, Gareth, being the eldest, would automatically assume to be the inheritor of the city and everything within it, correct? Just because Mm -hmm. of the... um,
0: Yeah, just typical inheritance.
1: Typical inheritance. Sorry, I couldn't think of the term inheritance for whatever reason. Um, But so he would be the i said inheritor already anyway i'm fucking stupid (laughs) so he would be the inheritor of it all initially and so he himself we're kind of fast forwarding here but he himself would kind of like feel a bit more comfortable and not as tense about the situation because technically he already has won just by being born first he thinks he thinks and i think that will he he'll be a little bit more relaxed but he does acknowledge what his sister is doing and what she's trying to do and so that's why he's doing the counter ops and stuff like that um but yeah i do really like the idea of letting that kind of like all spill out after like like will, will it leak it'll be like a leaky barrel it just it'll some of it will leak out here and there but once gideon dies it just all flows out at once where like this huge clash and then i feel like a few days after gideon's death is whenever uh elwyn may lose control and uh show off some of her newfound ap- uh, abilities
0: maybe yeah so okay real quick why why is gareth not automatically assumed to get the power why are they vi- like why why are they competing here Hmm. Why why, why, is, why is Gareth not just assumed to be the Inheritor? I feel like we could chalk it up to maybe Gideon being a little bit, maybe a little bit like weird about it, right? Like he could be the one defying the tradition for some reason, right? Um, he could say like, oh, you know, typically, you know, Gareth, you would be the Inheritor, but I think it would be better if... We left it up to you three deciding amongst yourselves for some reason.
1: I got it. So I don't think it'll be left up between those three. I think – okay, so either either actually – yeah, so either it's left up to those three or there's a grieving period between after he dies to whenever the – the next ruler or ownership of the town or city is kind of revealed and put forth. And I feel like this is something he would do as a very vain person that no one's allowed to have his city until he is grieved for and in the ground for a, like a while. So I'm thinking after he dies, like there's some stipulation that like a week, two weeks, a month at the most goes by before the next ruler or person owner of the city is brought forth and i think it'd be interesting if in that time period is where the three would have to vie for power or gideon has already determined who his heir is who his inheritor is but that's not going to allow to be revealed until that time period goes by and that throws it into chaos because of yeah <laughs> power hmm.
0: well yeah i know but like why doesn't he just give it to gareth just inherently like why why is he leaving it up to something something else
1: that i'm not sure tyler do you have any uh input about what the uh on why we... gideon it doesn't just give gareth his eldest son the uh for lack of a better. Uh, term or saying the doesn't give him the throne, doesn't give him the power, and just immediately give him ownership because he is technically next in line. So why would there be this fight for power? Like, how would it come about? I guess. Um, because in the all reality, the only other like. Way that she that uh, Elohim can get power is just to kill Gideon, <laughs> not Gideon, sorry, Gareth. Too many G's, but I don't think that will go well. So we have to have some other reason or driving factor. What if what if the Otis
2: was not around the entire time of Armberg?
1: He went off like he went off somewhere for a while. And what not, what like, if back.
2: what if he wasn't there from the beginning, but uh, the younger was? So what if the younger feels more entitled to the throne because they they were there from the very beginning with Gideon, and then Gareth comes along like halfway through the town's lifespan up to this point, and it's just like, hey, I want to move back home, pop. <laughs> Like, 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 hey, Pop, can I move in with you? And then Pop's like, all right. And now Gideon feels like he's entitled because he's the oldest. Or not Gideon, Gareth feels entitled because he's the oldest, even though the youngest was there for over, like, like, 80% more time than him. So now you have this fight for power based on who gets it on tradition and who gets it on Merit. merit.
0: Okay, so I just had a quick little idea. Okay. So in... Like the business world, right? Uh, if you have like uh, multiple people having like partial ownership of a company, right? If one of them dies, right? One of the the owners, if they die, uh, their estate or whatever still owns that business. What typically happens is that the other maybe two owners will then have the option to buy out his share of the ownership, right? Uh, so what happens if? Gideon treated the same. puts in his will to die, right? He, he knows he's going to die. He already has a will made. Uh, and he says he's going to give 33% of his, like, divine power or ownership power or whatever of Orenberg to each of his three kids. Oh, and like the that. kids are like, well, I want to be the sole owner, right? And they kind of come to, like, their own internal agreement that says we're only going to be one owner But we're going to leave it up to consensus between, you know, some of, like, the important, you know, players of the city. uh, And that eventually extends into, like, a a general vote, right? Uh, And that kind of starts the conflict of, like, we're competing against each other.
1: I love that. And then
0: the the youngest kid, Alistar, he's just like, you know what? I don't want anything to do with it. I'm I'm just going to drop out and kind of, like, sell my ownership to you, get a bunch of money, and be on my way. Um, But the other two are like, ah, fuck no, I'm going to win and that kind of draws in the themes with like you know like the business greedy type side of this stuff you know
1: no i love that i love that um it, it can't be just the higher ups that are deciding upon it though because if Elowin's kind of getting the favor of the people the poor people and the people in the slums and the people who don't have that much political sway mm-hmm. um so i don't think it should just be the higher ups so we're gonna have to work out who, who gets exactly decided gets say. yeah who i don't who think gets... it
0: should be everybody. But I think it should be more than just, like, the upper class.
1: Yeah. Well, 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 Perha- well,
0: perhaps well, it could come down to, like, you know, like, business owners, um, valuable workers, you know, notable, like, priests and religious figures. So, like, not the everyday peasant who, you know, you know shines shoes for a living, uh, but maybe, like, the barkeep or something like that. So, well, well, in, in a sense, you would have then like, the patrons of that bar using their power to convince the barkeep of who to vote for. And then the barkeep would then vote for who he wants, you know? Okay. So maybe we could add, like, a couple, like, smaller micro, you know, political, you know, scopes there. So We can think I, about that more later. I don't mm, think we need to have that answer now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I cannot talk today for whatever reason. I don't know why. But, yeah, so I'm thinking we just have it that whenever... Sorry, Gideon just has it set up so that whenever he dies, ownership of the city and everything just gets split between the, the three kids evenly. And then... Yeah. That's what's causing the power struggle. And then yeah, b- we can go... Yeah, because they kind of
0: want to just... They want to have a soul owner, and they all agree on that. Yep. Um, But the youngest kid doesn't care, and so the other two are going to fight.
1: Yeah, and so we we can expand more upon that in, the, in another episode. But do you think he has... So at this point, once the players have entered the city and everything, get, has uh, Gideon already established this to his children? Yes. And to the general public? Yeah? Okay.
0: Yep. He, he already has a will written, essentially. Because uh, that, that's a pretty normal thing for old people to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that he has, like, a, a will already prepared uh, that details those terms. And everybody's aware of it. The kids are fully aware, prepared. Uh, yeah, everything's kind of squared away by the time, you know, this whole stuff happens.
1: Okay, perfect. A little bit of a segue. Um, so whenever the procession is going through the slums we could play on this then where people who are across the board the three stereotypes we have the people who are excited for getting to die celebrating gideon and the family and the people who are a bit more like and what the whatever um a common denominator between all of them not all of them like every single person but a majority of people from each group, the players can notice, are still like cheering and, um, celebrating Eloin as she comes through as well. And I think that'll be a good hint to the players, like kind of like a nod to like she has a connection with them more than anyone else.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't want it to be like a super massive uproar difference, but maybe just a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as they're going through, um, the players will notice that. Oh, a few peasants are like, like, people are cheering, but a few of them are like calling out Eleanor, not Eleanor, Ellowyn's name specifically. Okay, cool. Um, So, yeah, so first day we have Gideon's Day. Second day we have uh, Gareth uh, being at the Gilded Pools and trying to. Oh, do we we want, not the Gilded Pools, sorry. He's at the um, temple and is kind of gathering uh, his support through the ways that we talked about. Um, Do we want anything else major happening on that second day or keep it pretty tame and kind of more up to the players at that point?
0: Yeah, that day is going to have to be really up to the players at that point. Um, Basically, we're just going to have these, like, get to know the three kids events, you know? uh that's that's kind of like the goal of the next couple days right so i think we should focus on that uh we don't need to talk about that today actually though
1: yeah 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 um all right cool
0: yeah i think this is a a great start a great um like thought process of like what are the goals of like an actual like campaign you know yeah um and and frankly, I feel like this is enough to start to build that entire campaign on, you know. Um, you definitely got some strong plot hooks, long-term goals, short-term goals.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I really like this. I feel like this is a good starting point and we can kind of expand upon it in the future a bit more. Um,
0: Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, we could kind of use this this plot hook to tie in with, you know, other stuff, other events that we that we talk about, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I love this. I love what we kind of uh, set up now. All right, cool. It's just so
0: fun. So much fun talking about this stuff, you know.
1: I yeah, I I really like world building and kind of like. I I just I just love the creation process of all of this. It's part of the reason why I like being a DM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because yeah, I I like doing this. It. But, so yeah. Um, Thanks for joining us today, guys. I know uh, we really enjoy these world building episodes, and I hope you guys do too. Um, we are looking forward to expanding upon this more in the future. If there's any other topics that you guys want us to uh, talk about or discuss, uh, go ahead and let us know. Either message us on Twitter at Dudes and Drinks or uh, join the Discord and uh, send us a message through there. And we have a channel for. Uh, episode ideas and the discord's also going to be on the twitter it should be in the bio if it's not we will add it here soon um but yeah see you next time
0: bye bye